the man behind the curtain, kids. I'm just kidding. You're the glue that keeps us together. Um, so we talked about we're gonna, this month is going to be. <laughs> so for those of you wondering why Luke is suddenly laughing, we're sharing a Google Doc, and he said, "Oh, I came up with a new topic: Encounter Houston." And then I immediately collaborated on that document. And how much you drank? <laughs> I did. Did I drink a little bit too much this this past week? Luke, you went to bed at four a.m. <laughs> One day after you went to bed at two thirty a.m. No, and the thing is about the four a.m. one was I could have easily gone another two hours, easily. The party don't stop till six in the morning. It was like a mixture of just me and my FOMO really enjoying. Your the, FOMO was the, the com- raging. That's not true. Raging. That's not, it wasn't that apparent. Uh, <laughs> only to people who knew me. Exactly. Uh, and, no, I was enjoying the company that I was with. I was on a little bit of, like, a spiritual high, that spiritual kick that you can get from a conference after spending some quality time with our Lord and Savior. False. From just walking around Father Michael Schmitz. Well, and I just, I, being guy. the extrovert that I am, and after being married for a while, when you're not always around large groups, being around that, it just gave me energy. I was like the Hulk. <laughs> you were. You were. You were on time and on target, bro. And I was loving it. I, I, I was a little sad because I had to teach RCIA and do a right. <laughs> so I, I literally, as I'm laying in bed staring at the ceiling, because I went to bed at like 1.30 in the morning, staring at the ceiling, and I'm like, why did I go to bed? I should have just packed up and left. I'm going to have to come back and get Luke tomorrow anyway. Why don't I sleep in my own bed? And I was like, nah, this hotel's better. <laughs> so that's what I did, and I got up. That's at, a good point. I got up at 5 o'clock in the morning, or 5.45, and got ready and left. <laughs> An hour and 15 minutes later after I got in. <laughs> Screw you. <laughs> I'm, I've, I have, I've not stayed out that late in so long. Well, the best part and is. It was so much fun. You weren't staying out anywhere. You were in a hotel and you were in a safe space the whole time. It was so much fun. It was so, so much. I just, in, so let's just dive into this topic. In Counter, we were uh, at the Steubenville Young Adult Conference in Counter, Houston. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, such a good time. So many of our good friends, so many listeners, and Daniel. Can we talk about Daniel for just a second? Yeah, so one of our earlier shows, Daniel, who's a listener uh, from Saskatchewan. Hi, buddy. Hey. He decided, after hearing us talk about Hurricane Harvey, that he was going to call up a door. He didn't have anything going on at that moment in his life. So he was going to call up a door, and he did, and he flew down. And he was living in the front end of the Adore Mission House and uh, didn't even know about the conference. And so he was just there working and volunteering, doing literally whatever they needed him to do. He's Which like, is incredible. Yeah, he was like, Half the, he's like, I imagine I was going to be knocking down drywall and building houses. He's like, I mostly just emptied U-Haul trucks into their warehouse. And I was like, but you know, but that people stuff is so it. important. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's crucial to that. It's like me and my dad. I drove down to try to give him a taste of what I had done the night before or the day before. And literally all we did was drive around and pass out ice cold bottles of water. But it was also the hottest day since Hurricane Harvey hit. And uh, it was super useful. But literally, I spent six hours of driving just passing out cold bottles of water, you know. Someone's got to do it. That's what I wish I could have done. Because I was gonna, I was hoping to perhaps help out on Sunday, but after my stroke, I really can't do any uh, heavy lifting or lots of intense manual labor. So, um, oh, honey, I do the dishes, but you know, stroke. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I can basically it means I can never move again. <laughs> um, no, but overall, the people were able to meet. Um, had a great, had a few great chats with. Brittany, big friend of the show. Uh, I forget her friend's name. Do you remember her, her friend's name? We're terrible podcasters. No, hosts. what are you talking about? The girls who wrote that amazing thing about uh, like yeah, catching people, puppies or so something. Funny. <laughs> Snatching. Snatching puppies. Literally, if you're a fan of the show, there is nothing funnier than what Brittany and Katie wrote. Uh so funny, uh, and I've had a ministry related to conversations in our bathroom at 2 a.m., and we have decided that if we ran the world, things would be a lot better. Uh, we have therefore decided to take a leaf out of your book and start a podcast, Snatching Pups, the younger version of Catching Foxes. We think if everyone gave $3 a month, we could quit our ministry jobs. In parentheses, she wrote, our fan base wouldn't be quite as big as y'all's. 
Our current fan base numbers loosely match the number of Catching Foxes listeners who reside in Maine. Now, that is <laughs> such a deep <laughs> cut. Like, yeah, we have I, probably mentioned that maybe three times at the most that we it have. makes my heart sing. Yeah, that we have maybe two listeners in Maine. And that, oh, it was so funny. Our current soapboxes, we don't have soapboxes, do we, Luke? Our current soapboxes include why <laughs> whole pa- thing's one gigantic <laughs> Why parish ministry is hard, mostly because adult formation is null and void. Parish staff members need to pray every day. The archdiocese have bleeped out. And the TV show, This Is Us. <laughs> when I read that, I was like, I'm done. I have lost it. I am laughing so hard. And then she ended it with this. We do this. As we do all things, under the patronage of St. Father Mike Schmitz, the face of the new evangelization. <laughs> oh, snatching pups, ladies and gentlemen. Donate $3 uh, a month. Women, they're women. They're out of college. Oh, sorry. Those young women, MVPs. The, uh, the best thing was at the Encounter Conference, Father Mike is standing there, and there's a line a hundred <laughs> deep of people right next to our table. <laughs> so when I took a picture of Katie and Brittany, I deliberately told them to stand there so that Father Mike would be in the background. And it's so funny because literally the first comment is, okay, cool, but is that Father Mike in the background? I know. <laughs> and I just wrote, who? Never heard of him. <laughs> <laughs> it was so, they were all there to see him. And we had a table and we had a steady flow of two people at a time. <laughs> and some people just sat next to us because there was a shady spot. <laughs> I know. I was like, hello, are you, you a big fan of our show? No. Oh, okay. Well, anyway. Oh, what's this little thing you do? <laughs> our entire God. ego that's what it is my entire sense of self-worth that's what it is everything that keeps me up and, and going every day the thing that gives my life meaning and value and purpose go on keeps you up luke that's way inappropriate there are children who listen i didn't mean it like that there are children um, who listen can we just say how nice father mike schmitz is every time that i see him i'm just like you are so nice he really is he really is really possible? is i don't know I think, it has, I think it has something to do with diet and exercise. Because that apparently probably. all my problems have to do with diet and exercise. <laughs> oh, has Shannon been mean to you again? <laughs> hey, fatty. <laughs> yes, dear. <laughs> hey, uh, tell me who wrote this text message to me. Mike, I didn't get a chance to clearly express it last weekend. But I am really grateful for you and for all that you're doing for the church. Everything from what you were doing at St. Anthony to the podcast and your witness I'm just really grateful for you. Also, it was really great to see Luke. I don't have his number. Could you pass on my greetings to him as well? Please tell me that's from Father Mike Schmidt. That is my from day. Father oh. Mike Schmidt. Will you copy that? And I just want to like hold that in front. I just there's just some people. Him, Dan Harms. I have decided Dan Harms is my new best friend. Dan Harms um, is out in Richmond, Virginia. For those of you who don't know, and he's uh, a speaker. He's great. He's also very musically talented and very funny. And he oh so just and I yeah, and I get to know him dude and I get to know him through his uh, his two man team called Popple and they do a like comedy sketch stuff it's really funny. Just uh, I patched things up with Greg Iwinski. that was very nice. Oh man, uh, that was so funny. <laughs> For those of you guys that know me and Greg had a little bit of a falling out over soccer. I'm gonna talk. Uh, I'm gonna talk about that next. Let's let's wrap up this uh, encounter. Well, okay. What were your final thoughts about encounter? Let me. Uh, well. I'll, are we going to rate? Well, okay, I will, I will, I will ask you this af- afterwards. I thought it was great. I, I am so uh, in love with what Adore does. I love all of our friends down there. It was fantastic. And I um, am just hashtag blessed. I just loved it. <laughs> I, re- I really did. Like, the more we're able to do things like this, I think the happier I will be as a whole in my life. I just, when, like, we're out there and we're you, you hanging mean out we with the church or we catching foxes? Oh, we catching foxes totally. Um, no, but like I don't know I if that was good for the church, but it was good for me. It's called publicity. I, mean, I think there was this really cool element of uh, the church just being the church, you yeah. know, especially when when people were, were just all hanging out and having fun. Uh, it's just really it's very encouraging when because it can get overwhelming sometimes, especially when you work at the um, let's just say at the administrative level of the church, you can feel a little, little bit isolated and kind of. Uh, tucked away into your uh, office and to be just with a group of people being on the way with them and just the, and experiencing the joy of the Christian life. I just, I love it. On the, I love it. I love it. On the way? On the, yeah, being on, all like on the way to on the, the bar? Way together. To the bar? No, on the way. To the Texas-shaped lazy river with a drink in your hand? Mm-hmm. Mm. And I wish I had brought a bathing suit. 
Yeah. That'd okay, be- so. And your glasses. Uh, <laughs> I know. I wish I wore my glasses, too. Oh, last week, I was so, I was a mess. Last week was just a mess. Um, can I talk about Kiss, Kiss-tober, yeah. or are we going to include that? So, I came up with this idea, Kiss-tober, <laughs> for Keep It Simple, Stupid. It's a thing we do on websites, as you know. And um, every time you say that, it hurts my feelings. Quit calling I know, because it was, it was, no, not you. Quit calling Danny me was, stupid. I heard Ruth. this in the 90s before I, I know, knew it's that a you existed. Quote from The Office, man. No, it's, it goes way, I heard no, that in no, 1999. No, I'm not saying, son of a bitch, Luke, listen. What I'm saying is. I take things personally. My name is Luke <laughs> Carey. <laughs> Greg Iwinski and I agree. Um, no, what I'm saying is, kiss, keep it simple, stupid. Yes, it's been around for a long time. But the comment, good advice. Hurts me. It hurts my feelings every time. Was from Dwight Schrute when he talked because it says stupid. You know, like keep it simple, stupid. <sighs> Good advice, but it hurts me every time. No, no. Oh man, yeah. No, I I watch an episode of The Office on my on my way flying out to Houston. It was the one where they have that uh, really dirty watermark that gets on like all of the paper and stuff. It was really fun. <laughs> so I, Luke, I let's almost, talk about keeping it simple. Yeah. Okay. Oh, why? What are you doing right now? I'm just asking. You're changing the font. No. Um, so Kistober. Okay, so here's my goal during the month of during the month of October because we've got a few complaints about how we go on too many tangents. We need a segment producer and blah 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 blah. And we also don't want to go against the spirit of our podcast, but I do think we want to become better at what we are doing. Yeah. So I propose that during the month of October we keep it simple, stupid. And so <laughs> what we're going to do is be as concise as we can with our statements and as concise as we can with our questions. So when we have a question, don't go off on a five-minute like five like monologue to attach it. Just ask it and then try to be as concise as we can when we're trying to explain things. Even though we're both, we both process things out loud, I think this will be a very good challenge for us and could help improve the overall quality of the podcast. How do you, how do you feel about that? Kiss Tober. Well, my only thing with that is number two things. We're fu- ice skating uphill on this one. Uh, <laughs> not that it's impossible, but yeah, it's pretty impossible. <laughs> and number two, people love us for a witty banter. No one loves us I know, when they solve I know. the problems of the church. Here's the thing. I'm just terrified that our downloads have just kind of decreased a little bit, and I am so scared this is all going to end. I am so scared. <laughs> I'm so terrified. Well, guess we got to go back to instruction. <laughs> <laughs> I will literally do that if it keeps this thing going. Yeah, you know, let me just say this. People, if this episode, if these or any episodes have meant anything to you, have helped you, uh, I would just say pay us the ultimate compliment by sharing it with someone who needs to hear it. Leave them better than you found them kind of stuff, right? And uh, it'll it'll help. And just tell us why you stop listening. It hurts. <laughs> I don't know if I'm ready for that conversation. <laughs> Listen, this is why I stopped listening, because Gomer can't shut up. And Luke, oh. Someone who can't talk having a podcast? No, thank you. Luke, you can talk. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. Fearfully and wonderfully designed. Uh, so anyways, now that we just blatantly throw out the things that have been driving us nuts for the past two days. Uh, you want to talk about how me and Greg Iwinski patched stuff up at Encounter? Oh, ladies and gentlemen, you know that Luke is the more emotional out of the two of us. Mm-mm. I Mm-mm. No, 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 no. I am dramatic. Irrational. I am. Irrational, okay. not emotional. Eh, okay, yeah. I'll give a little you, bit of a I'll difference. give you that. Uh, so you know that Luke <laughs> is the more irrational of the two of us. I'm the emotional one. My favorite story ever, and we have the full story that we're going to put up on Patreon. But Luke and Greg Iwinski had a conversation. Greg Iwinski is, used to work with Life Team. Now he's a comedian. And we talked about comedy. We had him on a two-part episode. He is one of the most hated guests we've ever had. Uh, <laughs> Greg, is, Greg loves to push people's buttons. But I don't think he is doing it to be mean. I think he's doing it to be funny and doesn't realize how far, especially with Luke, he's pushing it. And so the funny thing that happened was Luke and him and another friend were arguing over soccer. And Luke loves soccer, and he knows a lot about soccer. And Greg was just pissing him off by making all these wild claims. And Luke got so angry, he unfriended him from Facebook, blocked him from Facebook. Well, and I just, in the comment thread on Facebook, I wrote, F you, Greg, seriously. (laughs) Then then I deleted it all, just blocked him. Shades of the Catholic subreddit. Shades of the Catholic Summer. <laughs> so then, fast forward about two months, Greg Iwinski and I having a completely different conversation. He says, hey, Gomer, but while I got you, 
does does Luke hate me? Did he like block me on Facebook? And I was like, yeah, I think he did. He's like, it was funny because the other day I'm on there and I'm like, I haven't heard from Luke. And so I searched for him and none of his stuff is coming up. <laughs> and he goes, I think it had to do with a conversation we had about soccer. And he's like, I don't really know a lot about soccer. I was just trying to piss him off. And I'm dying laughing because I had had this conversation with Luke where Luke said to me, and I quote, we are never effing having Greg on again because he just pisses me off. <laughs> and then another separate time, if we ever have Greg on again, we're going to have to have a serious conversation. <laughs> and it was like, this is so awesome. So I share with Greg everything that Luke probably didn't want me to tell him. And then uh, fast forward to... Friday, we're parking our car. We're at this parking lot, and Luke is <laughs> Lucas. Time out, really quick. Greg did also say, "Well, of course, I'm going to apologize when I see him, right?" Yes, or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Go on. And yeah, Greg wanted to reconcile, and so I go, "Hey, Luke, guess who's coming to encounter tomorrow afternoon?" And he's like, "Who? What?" And I was like, "Greg," and he's like, "You are got. You have got to be kidding me." <laughs> so mad and it came immediate, back. <laughs> like immediate irrationalness in the form of emotional rage welled up in Luke and then I go Luke and I start I'm dying laughing and I'm like Luke you know what's going to happen this is all going to blow over in the first four seconds of you talking to him and then you got quiet and I walked over to my car and I come back and you're like in that in that interim he goes well we'll just need to talk about it and I was like oh Maybe two seconds. Maybe two seconds. Luke, it wasn't even two seconds. It was one full second of Greg saying, hey, Luke. And you're like, oh, hey, man. <laughs> all bygones were bygones. It was all fine. Totally fine. We actually, then we had then we had breakfast the next day. It was fun. Exchanged ideas about some things. While I was Good times. teaching an RCIA class. Yeah. That's your fault for putting your job ahead of the podcast. <laughs> Well, you know, the really funny thing was my pastor walked up and he goes, Michael, don't worry. Today I'm not going to fire you. And I was like, oh, that's good news. And he goes, because I know how much you love your job. You said so on the podcast so that I wouldn't fire you. And I was like, oh, that's right. And then he goes, my pastor's a listener, <laughs> which is what I said. Yeah, so I loved, I really did love Encounter Houston. I loved, see, here's the wonderful thing that Adore brings to the mix is they want it to be an experience or an event and a destination not just a conference. So Franciscans like mm -hmm. we'll put on, we'll do all the heavy lifting for the conference, but we want to partner with a local person so that they can make it like this just whole new and and very individual thing. And so mm -hmm. the previous year they were at this place called La Toretta up in Conroe. It was off season, so it was a little bit more um, affordable for people to come with their families. And they bring a crew from the Pines Catholic Summer Camp, and they do, like, childcare for all ages, which is really awesome. And uh, so there's a lot of that stuff that, you know, now families, 20-something, 30-something families, can go and just attend and be free and be happy and mingle with other adults at their same stage in life, which is so difficult. And um, this year they did it, I th which I thought was a really cool idea, downtown at the, one of the most posh hotels in Houston. Mm -hmm. It was built for the Super Bowl. It's a year old, and it was lit. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the guy built it's a Mar the Marriott Marquis, and the cool thing was they rented out the presidential suite, which was two or three different people working for it stayed there. But they had uh, those poor people. Yeah, it was the worst. <laughs> you might think, oh, wow, they could stay in the presidential suite. Listen, their rooms nope. are normal rooms. The presidential suite, the reason why you want it is because it has a huge, like, living room, a huge kitchen, and a balcony on the 23rd floor. No, a no, no. huge balcony. Yeah, huge balcony, which Luke is terrified of ice, so that was fun. Not when he's drinking. <laughs> <laughs> I dangle off the edge when I'm drinking. <laughs> Two in the morning. <laughs> hanging, hanging out with Ike, not at all. <laughs> no, so uh, the, it actually is the worst to stay in the presidential suite because people like Luke are drinking, dangling off the edge of a 23rd story. I had no, I felt so bad when I found that the people were staying there. Yeah. Like, I legitimately, because I never, because I have a loud voice, it carries, I like being the center of attention. Uh, everything that you do not want in a person in your hotel at 2 in the morning on a Friday night <laughs> when he's hyped up with his friends from college and his podcast. Yep. Little ridiculous. Yep, yep, yep. So, long story short, it was, uh, it was a great mix. It was, um, it was really expensive, unless you view it as... This, like, once-a-year vacation where I go to recharge my faith, but also to recharge, like, my young adult identity. 
And it was really great. Father, yeah. They invited Father Mike Schmitz to come down just to be the host of the bands. Friday night is just like a pure social. So they have bands there. Father um, Michael Schmitz gave um, a little, you know, a couple stories, but it was mostly just emceeing the thing and then dealing with the herd of people afterwards. Poor, poor man. Yeah. And then they had like three or four different bands. Ike was there, just himself. He was awesome. Oh, so good. He really was. He really was. And then, uh, yeah, it was just a great, it was a great experience. And that's where we had our table by the quote unquote bar, which is like a wedding reception. <laughs> those mobile little stations where they charge you $6 for a Bud Light. $6. I could not believe that. But don't you worry, Catching Foxes fans. We brought our own booze. And when yes, we right ran out of that booze on Friday night, we stole large quantities from a door. <laughs> I took like six beers. I just thought they were for whoever. And then apparently, like, the next, yeah, we probably shouldn't tell these stories. Nope. Anyways. Kiss. Uh, keep it simple, you stupid keep idiot. Keep it simple. It was fun. Kissy. Uh, man, dude, I honestly, one of the, the best parts about this podcast, though, is that, like, I just get, uh, I just get to see you more and that and it's just fun doing things with you like because the like in the past whenever i mean we, we, there really haven't been a, a ton of instances where i've been at things yeah. like this with you yeah. but when it has happened it's been like your thing you're doing some work and i'm just kind of like there trying to not be the weird guy and it's just nice to be able to like be at a thing with you or like we're doing a thing together it's really fun yeah it is it's cool and it has a totally yeah. different vibe to it you know, mm-hmm. and one of the things is hard for me is I'm so used to doing things like this month. I have five or six huge events. Every single weekend is gone, and when I have something like that, it was really cool on the Saturday of of the conference, which is the big day. I mean, the Steubenville part is just an all day conference, just Saturday. Um, to know that I can go and listen to a talk, I can go and pray, I can go and have conversations with my friends, or I can sit out by the infinity pool with the woman with implants mm. and i can do that there were so many uh, the rich people that were not a part of the conference that just that go was to, a little weird that just go to <laughs> hotels like this man it was skimpy bikini season i didn't realize that people really wore thongs to like a <laughs> swimming pool at a hotel neither did i I really You're did. such sheltered catholic men homeschool keep me away from those thong booties we went to college at Franciscan and forfeited our right to truly understand where the culture is at. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Welcome, sir. Here's your diploma. But before I give it to you, here's a heaping helping of naivete. <laughs> does it come in extra large? It sure does, fatty. Aww. <laughs> it sure does. Guy who's put on 40 pounds since he gained here and already put on 20 pounds during his senior year of high school. What does that tell you? <laughs> Not that you drink too much. Anywho, tell me more about Ooh. you drinking during Encounter. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't drink that much. <laughs> I, it was really funny because I kind of I get in these modes where I want to drink a lot. Like, not, like, to get drunk, like, get obliterated. But it's like, I, I will always have a beer in my hand. But I don't, like, there is an internal thing that goes, click, all right, you're done. Switch it over to water, get ready for bed. And I'm like, is that my old man or is that virtue? Old man. I think it's both. No, I think it's just the old man. No, I, 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 I think, no, I really do think, because, I mean, there's a thing where, I mean, I hit a point on Saturday night where all of a sudden I was like, oh, wow, this is kind of hitting me. And I just went straight. Uh, to water was totally fine. Around, uh, so I think there ra- is a thing. Rounding like, 345. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Oh, wow. This is crazy. <laughs> but it is funny. Like, I, I think here's where the old. So I do think that's where the, the virtue. Because, I mean, there is a thing about, like, we're just with everyone that we love. Just yeah. having a good time. And you're just like, you yeah. know, you're not. I mean, there wasn't anything bad happening at all. It was just good people just having great times, enjoying each other's company and really being able to to participate in this beautiful and amazing thing and um i did have this thing where i was like oh you know what now i'm going straight to water i'm just like done drinking i think that's where the, the virtue comes in but where the or the old man comes in is the next day <laughs> and when you're like a whole i was so tired yeah. on sunday it was ridiculous like that's where i did feel a little bit guilty because i was like should i have been up so late and just been a wait, like a just waste of space on Sunday of a, of a human being. Yeah, let's let's, let's put it in this context. Let's put it in a little wider context. Should I be a waste of space as a human being around Gomer's family that I'll probably never <laughs> see again? I know. <laughs> 
<laughs> Your poor kids. They wanted to like watch videos ringing. I'm like, oh, kids, this is great. Oh. Luke, Luke literally is falling asleep on the couch. And he's like, kids, just take my phone. And they're like, yay. <laughs> and, I, I, and I have fallen asleep on the love seat. Keep in mind, I've been up since 5 o'clock running RCIA stuff. And I look oh, over, okay. and my daughter is on his phone. And she's recording like dozens of videos. <laughs> And she's just laughing, and she goes, look, Daddy, Mr. Luke's phone. I was like, oh, get up, get up. <laughs> She was like, can I see your phone? And I was like, I was like, well, there aren't any games left. She goes, I don't care. I was like, fine, do whatever you want. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, no, it's, that's, that's, that's where the old man stuff, like, that's the, I think that's probably the next stage of, like, virtue is going, okay, I could stay up with all my friends and have a great time or go to bed right now and be a little bit more present to everyone to tomorrow so just rooms rooms for growth man here, rooms for growth here's my question for you okay so let's say so now you, you are thoroughly in your 30s yeah like you, there's no denying it we're in it feel this the repercussions it. of a night of drinking like you're in your 20s so then mm-hmm. would virtue be living in your 20s but acting like you're in your 30s meaning Hitting a point where you're like, you know what? I shouldn't be doing this. Even though my body, can, like, I won't get intoxicated as much as I would when I'm in my 30s. Like, I should restrain my... Like, we have a buddy who literally cuts himself off after two drinks. No matter what he's drinking, no matter how long mm-hmm. he'll be out, if mm-hmm. in one sitting, he will not drink more than two drinks. When we were in Austria drinking beer together, the greatest beer in the world, two drinks, done for the night. Oh, I want to know who it is so badly. I don't have my phone on me, so I can't get your text messages. His name is Paul. Oh, because he's so holy and cool. He really is. All right. Go on. So, you know, kind of like this. Like, I, f- I feel like it's my old mannishness that's pulling me away from the desires of the flesh. Like, literally, it's not like I'm becoming holier or more virtuous. It's literally my flesh is like, oh, crap, I can't take this anymore. <laughs> Please stop. So, like, a good rule of thumb is when you're in your 20s, act like you're in your 30s and restrict it See, a little bit. I, I don't know. I mean, uh, but there is something about, though, I think, I don't know. And this could be me just, again, trying to justify my own stupidity. So take this with a gigantic grain of salt. I don't think everyone needs to do this. But if you're the person like me who tends to be a bit more extroverted, who enjoys going out, who likes bar bar hopping. I don't see anything wrong with having like three, four, five might be pushing it, although that was pretty like regular for me on a Friday night when you're hanging out. But like I would always space it out though. Okay, I'm not just talking about alcohol, right? I'm talking about thinking ahead and saying to yourself, all right, I should not stay up till three in the morning or two in the morning just because I can. That's what I mean. I mean, like, all the things. Like, yeah, yeah. I should I, I should not treat Friday night like I get to sleep in till noon on Saturday, even though yeah, I get to yeah, sleep yeah. in till noon on Saturday. I, I think you're – no, I think that's a good point. Um, good question. Because I'll you tell – let me, let me just say this. When I was yeah. in my 20s, I lived Thursday nights and Monday nights as if they were Friday nights. And I mm-hmm. slept in. I had, a, you know, I was a youth minister. I lived with two other youth ministers. Uh, sometimes you would be the guy on the couch. We had access to a lot of friends, and we didn't have a lot of expenses. I didn't get married till I was in my later twenties, and so we drank. We went to the bar, uh, the party bar around the house, around the corner. Mm. Um, that that was so much fun, right? And we stayed up till two o'clock in the morning, almost every single night. And to me, waking up early was getting up before 10 a.m. Now, to me, waking up early is getting up at 5 a.m. Yeah. I, I, I do think there's something to be said about getting married in your 20s. kind Because I, 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 I think if your choice is, well, I'm in love with this girl. I think she's kind of it. But uh, I really like going out and having fun. You should just, like, bite the bullet get married that's going to call you on to be the person that you want to be but like what do you do if you just haven't if it just hasn't worked out yet like and you enjoy and i'm saying and you enjoy going out these yeah. are things that you like doing you're an extrovert um you're a social butterfly yeah. it's just you know you're someone like honestly like i would probably if if i was not married i'd be you know i'd probably would i think it would have run its course a bit yeah but it'd be something that i would always kind of be tempted to go and do I, f- um, I feel like the hardest part when you're is that fear of missing out. That's real. I mean, 
we really have to acknowledge that drives so much stuff. Fear of missing out, especially when you're in your 20s. And I feel like it's it redoubles when you're in your 30s because you're like, well, I ain't getting any younger, and I'm not going to see these guys again soon or, you know. And so it's like, yeah. keep pushing it, keep pushing Like, I remember when we were at our buddy's house doing um, the Young Adult XLT in Atlanta, um, that me, you, and our buddy John stayed up in his basement, and it was so late, and I'm I had just given the dang talk all night. <laughs> like, I was exhausted, and I fell asleep like an old man in the chair snoring. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, we I, stayed up a little bit longer. Yeah, but like, but see, here's the thing, though. That's t- t- to me, though, that's also a little bit different because how often do you, me, and John get to hang yeah, out? Never. How often yeah. do I get to see John and talk to him? So I'm a little, I'm a little bit more willing to say, yeah, I'll hang out till two, three. But also, I, I think it's so it's it's an issue of temperance and what's the like what's the right order with what I am experiencing? And sometimes you and I think you that's why it's important that we have to form our consciousness to understand to be able to do the right thing at the right time so in a case like that i think that that's fine we're hanging out with a a whole bunch of people that you know up until i moved to ohio i only saw once every three years if that yeah you know so there when you first see them there is this desire to go oh let's get the most out of it that we can um when i'm out in texas and i'm just seeing people that i haven't seen i mean some in like five six seven eight years i mean i saw our buddy Ben for the first time since I think I lived in Texas back in 2008. So that's all, that's nine years. Yeah. You know, I know I didn't spend like all my time hanging out with him, but it's just like, it was just so great to see him. And I want to be around those things and have those, have those opportunities. But I do think you kind of also like, so it's, it's really like context. Like would it have been better if I'd gone to bed a little bit earlier? Yeah, I think, I think I, I, think I was probably out a little bit too late, but I also don't think it was, it's more like a lesson learned kind of a thing for me is oh i gotta just be careful about this in the future it might be better if i go to bed around like one or two at a thing like this yeah and get up some a little so i can at least get a decent amount of sleep and be and just be present to everyone else the following day but i don't think it's i don't know if it's a thing where you can set these um stern like these stern rules that i follow regardless yeah because i think things change now i do think if you if you are not married really have to like know yourself know what your own limits are and like what you know so with like me and Aaron this has changed a little bit since we got married but when we dated at least one night over the weekend was with our friends because I'm the kind of person who cannot go a weekend without hanging out with my community yeah that's changed once once I got married but that was a really important thing and I kind of we had to so Honestly, it really comes down to, in my opinion, trying to keep it simple, stupid, um, discern what's the right order, you know, where pray and discern what's the temperate thing to do in, you know, this situation. Uh, Growing up, it's a son of a bitch. Oh, uh, at first I thought you said throwing up, and I thought that would be so much funnier. <laughs> throwing up, vomiting on your hotel bed sheets. Mm. I will say there there was a while when I puked at almost every wedding that I went to. Wow! So I'm not saying that I'm a good example. That is disordered. Oh. Yes, someone needs to yep. build a bridge to you. That is disordered, Luke. <laughs> Father James Martin, build this bridge. Help me. <laughs> I'm not condemning you and your alcoholism, but I am saying your alcoholism is awesome. No, it was super bad. It was, and it was funny part. It wasn't like my early or even my mid twenties, more my later twenties. Yeah. When Luke kept making the same decision, you know what? I'm going to live around not people. I'm going to go find desolate areas of America to live in. <laughs> what, Eureka, Northern California, where there's 18 people plus 10,000 Chinese atheist boarding students? Sure, I'll live there. Oh, let's find someplace more remote. Idaho. Idaho. I'll be the principal. Not even my fellow teachers will be able to be friends with me because I'll be the one with authority. <laughs> then I'll move to Denver. That's right. Denver. Oh, look, I met yeah. my wife. Funny how that happens. When you surround yourself with people in a non-desolate area with lots of weed, you will find your beloved. <laughs> uh, oh, man. Yeah, man. 
So Hey, uh, I got one thing I want to plug, and then we'll roll into the next topic. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, just want to point out the wonderful work that uh, Corey Hyman is doing at Likeable Art. You can laugh at his last name. Uh, Likeable Art is a... Wait, why, why would I laugh at his last name? I'm um, sorry, what? I mean, to unpack a little bit why his last name is funny. I don't, I don't get it. Oh, uh, Hyman has two consonants right next to each other. It's very funny. Mm, 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 Rhyme, mm, rhymes yes. with Heisman. <laughs> mm, it sure does. Uh, and it's like a vaginal wall. Anywho. Uh, Go Bucks. <laughs> so he started this wonderful little thing called Created. Bridging the gap. Here, we're building bridges again. Bridging the gap between your art and your creator. And the subtitle is, Over 50 Christian creatives share the five words that inspire their work in this vividly illustrated art book. Now, the reason why I love this is because I'm in it. That's it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was going to just leave it silent because Alan's just golden. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a cool book. Uh, originally, it was just supposed to be like this simple ebook that he would create. So every artist comes up with five words. In the beginning, God created. That's his five words. So what's our five words? And he asked me to do it because I speak. And so I said, okay. And then I got very scared for a very long amount of time. It's five words plus no more than 300 words explaining it. And it took me three hours to do it. That's because you care. Oh, man, you literally just made me feel better. <laughs> good. No, it's a good thing. So, anywho, thank you, Luke. If you go to, uh, let me pull up the URL. It's createdbook.co, not com. Createdbook.co slash CF. He, uh, he decided, even though I'm going to get a copy of the book, he's going to, um, anyone who supports his Kickstarter, which has already met the goal, but we want to keep going, um, we'll get 30% of the cut. So that's cool. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Oh, yes. So it's, uh, sorry, no doubt. Um, what was that again? <laughs> Createdbook.co slash CF. CF Createdbook.co slash CF, everyone. Oh. Createdbook.co slash CF. It'll be in your show notes. You know what show notes are. It's a thing that's in your in your app of choice, or just in right below the page that you're uh, are listening to. Yeah, and I actually, for Sister Miriam, I love her so much. I, I, the only word that comes to mind when I, when I think of her is delight. Yeah, yeah, she really is a delight. And uh, I I said, Gormley, you're going to try a little harder with this one. And I made the show notes detailed and well laid out, and all this stuff. Um, and so, uh, yeah, you can find it at createabook.co slash CF. Uh, my thanks to Corey uh, for putting together an awesome project. So you'll find me along with illuminaries like Bishop Barron and Dr. Peter Crave and Brandon Vaught and... Friend of the show. Friend of the show, Brandon Vaught. Yeah, so I think that's great. No, I, to- I totally agree. Even if I weren't in the book and we weren't going to get back, I really do think this is an awesome book. So No, I think it looks beautiful. I'm very excited about it. Yeah. Anywho. So, uh, Luke, you have, a, you have another topic for us. And uh, it's, a, yeah, bit, it's so, a bit on the harder side. So I think it's very important. And I think it would be um, amiss if we did not discuss the events that happened in Las Vegas on, what was it, Monday night? I think so, yeah. So uh, as you guys are... Um, it, uh, you guys all like probably know what happened, but a guy, um, heavily, heavily armored, um, old, uh, older man, believe he was 64, um, killed 58 people and he wounded what, like 500 from his hotel room at the Mandolin Bay during a Jason Aldean concert, just yeah was in his hotel room and just basically, I mean, just shot. I mean, like, he massacred people. Um, yeah. In terms of the modern era of these types of things happening, it's the worst one that's ever happened. Yeah. In terms of American history, it's absolutely not the worst massacre that's ever happened. There's been things that happened to African Americans and... I mean, just let me tell like tons of different people. I mean, I can speak to things that happened to the Chinese out in Humboldt County back in the late 1800s that were just horrific, but um, none, none the less, and a truly horrible thing. And I think I would like to have a conversation with you about what do we do from here? Because this has got to stop. I do not give a shit. 
if it means we lose every gun that everyone owns, I'm not saying that's the answer. I'm just saying, let's just pretend that God was like, guys, I will stop all of this. If everyone gives up their guns, this has got to stop. And um, I just would like to have a little bit of a conversation about like what are some like practical let's not get into the politics as much as we i mean i I hate to say that let's get into the politics of it but let's not um polarize this i'd like to have just a little bit of a we can maybe even like you know try to time ourselves a bit here well we've got about um let's let's try to keep it to about 20 minutes that's not fair yeah um yeah, so I, I just think we need to have a real, honest this country. I think we do have. This is this is what's getting crazy. We're getting so used to this stuff happening yep. that we don't even allow ourselves time to mourn. Have you noticed that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I, I don't know if that's a good thing because, like, it's just, it, I think we're just so like numb to this now that it's just like. Another one, and it's worse. Wow. It, then it goes right into gun control or anti-gun control. And there's no... I spent, you know, about 20 minutes today on... I think it was um, CNN.com just looking at a profile of all of all of the victims that they currently had in info on. And I was just like, I haven't heard anyone's name yet. I haven't heard anyone's story yet. Which usually there's always some story that you hear. So I, I don't know. I've, I've been blabbing. What I'm just. What do you think about this? Um, this is okay. So one of the things coming from my like anti-war libertarian background is that there is this instinctual thing that we do whenever the gunman is white is we label them as gunmen and not as terrorists, and mm. it's it's fascinating that. Um, you know that people can do the same thing, and we sh- we play around with labels now. A lone gunman, a gunman, you know, the, the shooting in the, um, was it Aurora, Colorado at the um, yeah, yeah. Batman yep. movie? Um, I used to drive past that. Um, I went there. I, I went there about a year afterwards. Um, I was there for an event. Mm-hmm. And I said, is it okay if I go to a movie theater? And the guy that I was staying with was like, yeah, but that, that's the place. And I was mm-hmm. like, what are you talking about? Oh, right. It's like ingrained. Um, this is, this is my, my whole deal with all of this stuff. Um, I believe as a... I believe that everyone has a right to self-defense, has a right to go hunting, has a right to shoot guns for sport, and has a right to collect guns. Uh, I believe that we have to massively increase gun regulation because they are so heavily respond. I mean, there is no mass murder like this with a knife. There is no mass murder with this with a lawnmower or a hammer or mm-hmm. something like that. Like. The reality is every single time something like this happens, and I used to do the same thing as someone who is very loud and proud about their libertarianism back in the day, I was the first one to say, oh, here come the Democrats exploiting victims for the sake of their political agenda, right? And now you have Barack Obama back in the day, you know, uh, all upset and, you know, when is this going to end? I'm sick and tired as a president having to come to these things because we won't do anything about gun rights. But then you realize that, the number one, the NRA, the National uh, Rifle Association, they are a huge and powerful lobby. They really are. Mm -hmm. They are a huge and powerful lobby. um, And they tend to favor heavily Republicans. But they donate to to many sides. But they obviously favor Republicans. But there is this notion of where this is now our sacred cow, is this this notion of the... uh, uh, what I feel like is an illegitimate version of the second interpretation of the Second Amendment. It's not just about personal defense. It's, we allow people who have mental illness to acquire weapons. I know in some states there have been laws that start to limit this. But, like, I, I mean, I don't understand how you can be, buy a gun at a gun show and have that be uh, with almost zero accountability. I mean, it used to be you could just walk in and buy whatever gun you wanted. At a gun show, even if you couldn't at a gun store in your own town. And so, I I mean, I'm not seeing there is a direct correlation to the societies that get rid of their guns and the amount of gun violence. Now, that being said, guns is a manifestation of something much more, Mm -hmm. much deeper within us that is broken. 
We are a society that feasts on violence. America is. Other countries, right, they might watch our action movies and all this stuff. We are, I feel like, I feel like if, when I talk with my friend who's from Korea, he's like, yeah, I'm watching an American movie. There's always this, like, a a felt distance between what they're watching. Like, they're watching, like, when I watch Bollywood movies, I don't feel like I'm watching a movie. I feel like I'm watching a Bollywood movie, right? Like, I'm Mm -hmm. observing someone's culture and I'm like two steps removed. And that's the way I felt like when this when Korean dude was talking to me about what it's like watching American films. He feels like he's getting a snapshot into America. Whereas I feel like like Schwarzenegger movies and Stallone movies, all those action movies, I want to be those characters. Like, and it, it very much is internalized. And we've, I mean, if you think about the type of action movies from Dirty Harry onward, it's all about using maximum amount of violence to get the way that we want. And now you have these disgruntled, broken, mentally deranged, or just evil people who are, who are now able to do horrific stuff. I mean, he was fired from the 32nd floor. I'm sorry, Sean Hannity, but I don't care how good a crack shot you are. You with your handgun on your person can't take out the dude on the 32nd floor. Mm-hmm. He fired from 400 yards away. Yeah. That is crazy. I um, one thing that I would like to see happen, and is, and I would be the first one to say this could have already happened. I may just have not have heard of it, and I have not spent a lot of time diving into this topic. But it's one that I, that I would like to start. So if you if you if you out there and are like listener land, if you have any info on this, please yeah yeah um like this is a, this is a thing I want. I don't want this to stop here. Is, is what I'm, I'm saying. But I would like to see the government do a bipartisan commission on this stuff with just like they did with like 9-11 they had with i believe it was the like warren commission when jfk died like seeing to say this is what this is what's happened this is what we can do right right now to try to stop this from happening is what we can do down the road to prevent this from from happening because i think you're right this is one a I mean, at the heart of it, there there is a part of this like gun issue. It, it is like a gun thing. That is a part of it. But my fear is is that we'll say this is the only part of it, or it's all guns, or it's all this. I'm like, I don't know if that there's something. Why there's something going on within the national, uh, with within the, the the psyche of our country that this keeps happening. And there, and there really is a thing such as the national psyche. Like, this is one of the reasons why FDR, one of the things he did that was so great when he was the president was he would have, when he was do the fireside chats every week, where he would yeah. address the country over the radio, which actually, like, helped the spirits of the country, kept people going. Part of that idea that we have that, like, as Americans, we keep we keep going and we encourage each 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 other while things are horrible. Because during the Great Depression, there were times when the um, when the when the economy did pick up, but people were just really depressed because they'd been through hell, and they ha- and they like had a president who, in like a weird way, accompanied everyone through that through things like mass media, and so. There's something going on with, with like in the psyche of our country that is broken, that is sick. Like something's happening where this keeps happening. It's happened at schools. It's it's happened at sporting events. Happened, I mean, it's happened at movie theaters. And it, it's there's there's been times when it's been Islamic terrorists. There's times when it's been homegrown terrorists. There's times when it's been lone. Gunmen, you know, like I'm, I'm, I always tend to view someone as a terrorist, as a person who has a political end, you know. So I right, wouldn't right, say right. that the Columbine guys were terrorists because they weren't. There was no a political agenda they were trying to accomplish. They were just profoundly broken individuals who wanted to like express their hurt and their rage. And this is a gross over, like, like over, like this is a gross overstatement of all of this stuff. So it's probably way more way more you know complicated but if we don't get to the heart of the reason why does this keep happening why do people 
how the motivations to do the things and how do we address that, I, I don't think it stops. Uh, it's just crazy. It is crazy to me that mm-hmm. every like every month there has been a mass shooting in the United States of America. At some point, did you know anyone that was there? Uh, I I knew like one or two people. Like you know, one of the great things about Facebook is I I started receiving those notifications. So and so marked themselves safe. So and so marked themselves safe. So I got two or three notifications. I don't want to yeah. say the names. Or no, it's fine. no. I, I the same thing. Uh, Aaron, there was a girl that uh, uh, she was buddies with who was there, and a guy that I've done a um, whole bunch of stuff with as well who was there. I don't know if he was at the concert or not, but he. I mean, he was out in Vegas when it. And it just, it's at some point in time. If this does not stop, someone that we know is going to die. Like it's. Just, it's. I mean, think about it. It's just a mathematical fact. We're not that like. We're and we're a big country, but we're not that big. That's, we're not that disconnected from each other. Yeah. We're all like six degrees away. You know, it's really kind of crazy if you really stop thinking about how like easy it is to find like connections to people. So if, if this doesn't stop, it's going to be someone that we love and care about is going to die. We're all going to experience that. Just everyone knows a person who died out in the Vietnam War. Everyone has like a family friend or a person within their family who died in that war or they have like a friend of a friend. It's not that. That's probably the biggest. That that's, that that could not be as strong of an um, example as it, as it was twenty odd years ago. But I uh, I, I desperately f- I hope that uh, the church starts to address the. I hope the church can be involved in that conversation. If I'm, I mean, one thing that me and Aaron are going to do within our own family to start really to pray for healing for our country and not like healing that we go back to like to make America great again now but whatever like wound is causing this to happen uh, or, whatever, or whatever like wounds are, are causing this to happen over and over again that it that it gets healed the Lord that he reveals to us what's going on and provides healing because I mean honestly I'm getting scared yeah I'm, I'm gonna be very blunt like this goes through my it was it's, this already goes through my head when we go to the movies i mean like you said you've been to that i'm you know i used to drive by the place all the time out in colorado it's kind of close to where aaron lived and uh it um like it, it goes i'll be honest it goes through my mind when i go to us when i go to an um fcc game or i go to the movies or i go to the opera like what if this happens here yeah it, uh, and right now i i decided i would look at the new york times um they have a interactive thing about the shooting and, I mean, I'm horrified. Right now I'm looking at two dead people covered in blood. Uh, the whole fairgrounds is covered in styrofoam cups and plastic cups. And, you know, from everyone just dropping everything they had and running, there's a dead woman laying down in the background, a man peering over her. I mean, it's horrific. And this woman's legs are covered in bl- I mean, she's like I'm looking at a dead person, right? Three dead people right now, all right next to each other. They're bloody. I mean, it's it's horrific. It is horrific. The shooting went on for at least ten minutes, and when they found out, you know, it was they they thought it was inside the fairgrounds. They didn't know. Oh my goodness! And there's that broken window. And if we don't stop this now, like I I, I just I, if we don't stop this now, we're just gonna forego more of our freedom in the long run. Yeah. We're going to be too scared to go out to do things. We're not going to – it just – and I, I, I'm not saying like – and we tend to view that as like the most – the highest good, like how free we are, which, I mean, there are good and bad things about that. Um, but I I, um, I don't know, man. This just like – again, like I'm not – I don't think this is the answer, but I think we all need to be like willing that to do what's with – what's with what to do – Whatever is with within reason and the moral good to make this stop. Yeah. And if that means we all turn in our guns, I, like why would we not? I mean, again, I'm not saying that that's what the answer is. I'm not saying that you know. I agree. I love to hunt. I love to shoot a shotgun. I think it's so much fun, especially with those little clay dart things. It's just a blast. Um, yeah. One of the things that annoys me though, and this is the thing that always repulsed conservatives who love their guns, 
is when someone like the New York Times, they had a, I'll never forget this article where this guy talks about going and firing an AK-47 at a shooting range and blah, blah, blah. And uh, he had to go to three different ranges because they didn't want someone from the New York Times shooting those type of guns. And he said, after he fired it, I was shocked and it, you know, overwhelming and blah, blah, blah. And, and I had PTSD afterwards. And then all these people wrote in being like, shut up. You have no idea what PTSD is. Yeah, that's a little ridiculous. And then the guy said, well, I meant he, cor- he issued a correction. He apologized. And then, you know, those wussy, like, I didn't mean to offend anyone. What I was, especially not the good people who serve our country in, in the military. What I meant was I had a small form of it. And this guy writes in, he says, no, what you had was a fear of guns. And you fired a powerful gun. And your body flooded with adrenaline. And then it wore off. Because you're done. And that's what you're shaking and the sweating and all that stuff. That's what that is. It's a massive dose of adrenaline hitting your system and then going away. Uh, that is not PTSD, jackass. And you hear these and you're like, come on. Like, I go to ranches. I shoot guns. I have a shooting mm-hmm. range. I'm actually going to do a young adult event where we go to a shooting range, or I was at least. Um, just because they're offering like half off. <laughs> I just really want to do it. Um, there's a lot of stuff that's, like, there is a sport to firing rifles. Like, and it is really fun if you've never done it. And there is an element of public safety. Like, if you have a handgun, it doesn't matter if the person you're fighting is a ninja. They're going down. But at the mm-hmm. same time, if, if we don't figure out a way, and you're right, like, some sort of comprehensive gun safety reform needs to happen. I mean, the guy had a freaking arsenal in his I hotel I was just about room. to say that. We don't need arsenals. And, and... The no, I don't know if you caught this on some of the things, but there was like six or eight different news outlets that are now shifting the blame to hotels. Well, hotels now, I mean, you can just bring in any bag you want into a hotel. Yeah, it's a hotel. Yeah, I know. But now that's <laughs> the thing is like now we're going to have uh, x-ray scanners at hotels and all this stuff. And this is what G.K. Chesterton said, and I love this. I freaking love this. He said, when you break the moral law, you don't get the big laws. You get the. You don't get. What was the line? You don't get anarchy. You get the small laws, and the, it's very true. When you break things like "Thou shalt not murder," so I think the quote is: "If you when you break the big laws, you don't get anarchy. You get more law. You get the little laws." And that notion is like, we are going because we're not a moral people because we love our guns more than our sons, as it were. And I'm not saying ever. I don't even know where I stand on this, but I do have a. A, a, a now an allergic reaction to the fact that, like, we're seeing this over and over and over again. And obviously the gun is, has a trigger and it's pulled by a finger. And that finger is attached to a human person making the decision. But places without easy access to guns might still have people beating the heck out of people and killing people and punching them and kicking them and all this stuff. But they don't have 58 people shot and 200 mm-hmm. other people with bullet wounds that didn't die. And that's the thing that I think we're missing from this. I mean, we're not, we're not even coming close to a normal conversation on this. And I even have a friend who's an ultra-conservative who wrote up on Facebook. The guy had, what was it, 29, 39 guns in his room. And she said, uh, come on. At some point, we have to say this is enough. And someone wrote in all capital letters with red, angry faces, this is not the time to have this conversation. And she just said, with all due respect... You're, I mean, you're right. We should have had it before this guy had this arsenal. But, like, yes, it is. Because we can't have it next month because there's going to be another one. You know, and that's yeah. where it just breaks your freaking heart. I think um, last part here that we're at the 20-minute mark, the thing, one of the things that scares me the most is, and I know this isn't over that we tend to, like, we, t- we talk about this a lot, but I'm one thing that really scares me is that, one of the reasons why this stuff happens is it's just a result of how profoundly broken and isolated we are now. Yeah. These people are just like lashing out because they're completely hopeless. That we are that without God and I and I, and I don't mean like God in the sense of like without prayer in schools and the Bible we're lost. I I mean like without purpose or hope or like an understanding of like why the fuck am I here? Yeah. When that's gone and people are utterly hopeless, like we'll just turn to anything. And when and I, and what does it look like when that gets so perverted and distorted? I think what I'm terrified 
I'm I'm terrified that what that could actually look like is mass is mass killings like this um, is rape. You know, are more like Brock Osweiler. It's not Brock Osweiler. Brock, oh, like, like you know that like one, Brock yeah, Turner. Brock Turner. Brock Osweiler is a quarterback. I'm sure he's a very nice guy. Um, you know, just like more we terrible can neither things. Neither confirm nor deny. <laughs> nor deny. Yeah, but um, just more just terrible, horrible things that happen. That like that abortion continues and we you know cure Down syndrome because we don't allow those babies to be born. You know what I mean? Just like. Anyways, yeah. uh, I, I think um, – so one thing this is kind of um, – is pretty cool that this could um, – this is the good segue, as they call it, is one of a good friend of the sh- – of No, the no, podcast. no. No, her official title no. is our favorite fan of the show. Our favorite fan of the Sugar show. Sugar Garcia. Sugar Garcia. This is super cool. I don't think any of us got back to her yet on Facebook. So sorry, Sugar. I wrote um, – I wrote – this is so cool. Oh, good. Uh, she's going to the Holy Land. I'm not sure. Do you know when she's going? Uh, bring it up right now. Uh, she's going for 15 days on Monday, this Monday. She's going this Monday. Perfect. So um, maybe we can start a post on the Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash catching Fox's podcast, where people can uh, put their prayer intentions on there, and she's going to bring them to the Holy Land and pray for the podcast and pray for all of us. So, so if you have she, prayer intentions, she wants you to send him her, send them her way so that she can pray for you and your intention while she's in the Holy Land. So if any of our – she says, and put the call out to your listeners or anyone else you think may need it. Um, so if anyone wants to send it privately, she can say Adam as a friend and they'll direct message or whatever because why the heck not, right? Cool. Yeah. No, I think this is a great idea. So – um, we'll start a thread on the old Facebook page, and we'll do it on Twitter too. At C Fox's podcast, <sighs> I miss you. It's, it's it's almost been a week. I know, too long. I know. I just want to say one thing about Sugar. Mm-hmm. Sugar lives in Melbourne, Australia. Oh. Right, right. So awesome. How cool is that? Um, This ties into Australia in a way that I'm not going to go into, but I do have kind of a fun, cool thing to share with everyone. Please tell me. Tomorrow, I... Now, I know that you won't have time to edit this, but I still want you to edit them in the future. I think tomorrow I'm going to be able to post my first episode of The Perilous Fight, an American soccer podcast for the curious. Cool. And that's going to be on Patreon for all of our subscribers? Yep, absolutely. It'll be on there first. So if you are, how, how about we do this? If you are a third, is it the $30 or more subscriber you want to do the, the shows to or open it up? To oh, everyone? no, uh, do it the $10 or more. $10 or more. If you date $10 or more, Luke and I are going to start because Matt Frad has asked us to. He literally said, when I go to bed on Thursday night, I'm happy because I know that when I wake up, Catching Foxes is going to be there on Friday morning. And it was really awesome. He shared with us a lot of things he said, but I really think, I will up what I pay on Patreon if I can get more of just you two having conversations. And they don't have to be full-length episodes, but just one more thing a week, he said, would make it worth for me to pay more. And I was like, Matt Fred, I love you. That's why we mention you in every episode. <laughs> Thank you for affirming us and what makes our wives ashamed. Yeah. <laughs> hey, honey, how come you never tell any of your friends that I do this <laughs> podcast? What podcast? Oh. Oh, I see. Okay. So, uh, yeah, Sugar, Sugar Garcia, everyone send in. Uh, we'll, post, we'll make a little graphic, put a little post up. Um, if you are a subscriber on our Patreon, um, you can listen to, if you pay $10 or more, Luke's um, new audio. And some of the audio that I've been collecting, like uh, with Sister Miriam, we just talked before Luke talked on about formation. And uh, if I can edit that down, I want to, uh, I want to put that out there for everyone. Um, if you are a subscriber to, or a contributor to our Patreon, I want to say thank you. Uh, the funds just hit. Ladies and gentlemen, October is a new month for people to donate $2 or more to the podcast. Everything you donate helps, but we want to say more than anything else, thank you for listening to the show. Thank you for being a part of this wacky journey called Catching Foxes. You're awesome. Thank you, guys. It's from, really from the bottoms of, of our heart. I, I know we probably do this all the time, but this is just freaking incredible. So Yeah, and check out, uh, check out the show notes. It's worth it. Whatever podcast mm-hmm. app you use, 
you can have somehow have access to the show notes. I recommend Overcast. You just swipe left or right, and you can get the show notes and all that stuff. But um, I think in the Apple app, you just tap the the art and it flips around or something like that. But the show notes has all the information. It's also on the web page. Um, we want to help you connect with us. Hop on our Facebook page. That's facebook.com slash catching foxes podcast post on there we want you to follow us so we can hear from you um i think luke and i will start doing some more live videos about some fun stuff and uh yeah that's about it and enjoy kistober while it lasts